Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rescue Radio, and thanks for joining us tonight. Say, you know, um, I always think when I hear that, you know, by the way, my sweet husband is back with us tonight. Yes, extremely sweet husband, Jerry. <laughs> it's great to be here tonight. Yes, you've been playing hooky for a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, I've been, I've been off. I've been off on some other projects and adventures and so yeah, forth. Yeah, adventures. Good to be back. I word. haven't abandoned you. No, I know. No. But you know, I, I I always love our lead-in because I get so I I when the word rescue and and emergency I think the word emergency urgency that sort of thing kind of triggers me and every topic we talk about seems to be an emergency. It is. It is really. I mean, we live in times of of emergency, very uh, crisis, 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 one crisis after another, yeah. and. Uh, God has uh, a plan and a purpose, in, yeah. in, a redemptive plan well, in, in every crisis. And tonight I think we're going to be talking about, well, I don't think I know, we are going to be talking about a crisis of faith uh, and the crisis of belief that comes through paganism. And before we start, let's pray, because uh, Father God, we just uh, really want your divine um, anointing upon this message, this discussion the people who are listening, that you draw them in tonight, Lord God, that we will not um, go off on any of our own tangents or opinions, Lord God, but that we'll speak as the oracles of God and and that your word would become very clear to us because it, there's a lot in there and a lot that, that's uh, misunderstood and, and misconstrued and misused, Father. So we pray in Jesus' name that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive the revelation of your truth. So help us tonight, Lord, as we talk about this crisis of faith, crisis of faith. Um, paganism, first of all, what do you know about paganism, honey? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of it. You know, we we are, uh, we are have this idea kind of generally, it's a very shallow idea that uh, the United States, for example, is a, is a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we go back to the origins of our country. We had, mm-hmm. we had some, there were some, when you go back to the original, Groups of people that came over. There were yeah. some people who really did love Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. and they were committed to the authority of the Scripture. But then there were others that were yeah. not uh, of that persuasion at well, all. Well, you know, and it, going back to the Mayfa- Mayflower, there was um, I, I'd say about an uh, equal number of pilgrims as um, Freemasons, and so we see that the roots of our nation were pretty much set up bo- bo- both going in opposite directions. You know the. Uh, the heathen, the pagans, the haters of God. But paganism um, has been around for a lot longer than you might think. As a matter of fact, I think what, let's let's talk about uh, some of that stuff, and then I want to get to the place uh, of maybe you know talking to pagans and how we do that and how can we do that. But in the beginning, uh, this is how I see what happened: is God set up His divine order, created things, gave Adam and Eve uh, authority. Uh, gave him the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, put him in the garden. Everything was cool. Everything was good. 
um, God was good and the perfect will of God was being done. Um, the only one that wasn't happy with all that was Lucifer. Now, Lucifer, he, you know, he got um, de- through the deception of Eve. He, he basically totally contradicted what God had said. You know, right. He said to Eve, well, you know, first of all, Lucifer fell from heaven and he was disgruntled and, you know, he had flunked his test. And when he came down and he said, did God say, obviously God had said to Eve and she knew what he'd said. But so he's had a set up. This is simply how I see it. God gives us a plan, the truth, the way, the peace, the right thing, the truth of it. And the devil had no options except to come up with something that was contrary, anything, anything that was contrary to the truth. And uh, of course, that's his nature. He is a liar and the father of lies. And, uh, no, but his lie came in there, and uh, Eve uh, fell for it. Adam uh, later, you know, went along with Eve. Right. And, and uh, well, and here's the deal. That that really is kind of the. Yeah. I guess we could say it's the uh, beginning of paganism. Well, yeah, because paganism is based on this one, uh, one thought, this one um, challenge, and it, it's the it's the quest to know more. Eve wanted to know more. Uh, she had everything, and she didn't know she had everything. She already had all the wisdom and knowledge, but she didn't know what was on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I believe the quest in, this, and in all paganism is baited or drawn. People are drawn into the quest to know more of the supernatural, the mysterious, the, what, the forbidden, the hidden, the occultic. And so that bottom line is to know more. And that doesn't sound that bad. I mean, I just want to know more. That sounds so so reasonable and... Um... But you know, really, when you look at Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they were they were living in just immediate communication with yeah, God all yeah. the time. Who but, who knows? But everything. how quickly it fell apart when they were sent yeah. out of the garden. It only took uh, what was it less than a thousand years before we had the total. The flood came up, and by that time, the flood was there. To, God had to send the deluge to purge the earth of such indescribable. Heathenism, paganism, debauchery, uh, 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 his plan of salvation, even the even the types, the the, the kinds, the animals, the king, yeah. the, the various divisions of animals and birds and whatnot, and people had been so corrupted by by the works of darkness that God had to purge it with the flood. And God and, and God didn't do it because he was mean. It's because he, he did good. it out of love because mm-hmm. he was good because he saw that the way of man was corrupted mm-hmm. uh, to, to the yeah. point, with the exception of Noah and his family, it was beyond uh, remedy. Well, he uh, said. And the DNA was corrupted. There was transhumanism mm-hmm. transhumanism going on. Uh, there was just the mixing of all kinds of uh yeah, uh, animals and and uh, things the Lord, that God had forbidden. Yeah, the Lord said it, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually, all day long. So God, the Lord was sorry that He had made man on the earth. I think that's a really good description of paganism: the evil intent, only wicked, corrupted, um, constantly. Uh, the thoughts of their heart were only evil continually. And at that point, then, what can be done? Well, yeah. But the thing is, too, is that a lot of the idea of you know, paganism, mm-hmm. and, and again, we're just kind of pray, play, praying uh, with a broad Painting. stroke here. We'll get more specific mm-hmm. as we go along here. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, it, it, it is really uh, saying, you know, God, I've, I've got a better way. Okay. And pagans don't think that this, oh, I'm just evil. This is just evil. No, that this is wise. And there's a, there's a look there's to a, it. There's an arrogance yeah. there that says, you know, I know better. I'm, I'm enlightened. Well, there's, and, and you know what God, you know, Satan said to Eve, he said, you shall be like God, mm-hmm. knowing good and evil. Well, she so, saw the fruit so the that idea, it was wise. The idea of, of paganism is not like, oh, I'm going into this real dark, horrible hole that I'll never get out of. But it's it's a matter of uh, knowing more. the deception of knowing more. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's the idea of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Rather than what it well, actually is, you know, we don't darkness. realize that you know. In um, I think it's James, he talks about demonic wisdom, mm-hmm. the wisdom that's of this world is Earthly, demonic. Yeah, demonic, and, and so for, you think the word wisdom, for example, is good, but for every good thing that God has, including the way of salvation and God's own character, there is a counterfeit. There is a um, an opportunity for the enemy to set up, or he's taken opportunity to set up a counterfeit, another option. Even back, now when we're going back to the flood, you know, and God purged the wickedness, it popped up again you know, within 150 years mm-hmm. after they were mm-hmm. off the boat. Nimrod was already setting up the, the uh, God, the, the heathen worship. They built the tower. They, were to, they wanted to contact the alien powers of the demons. I think the fallen angels actually who probably uh, were dwelling in the second heaven and you know they had then they he was the king of the earth Nimrod was the king of the earth and so he had set up you know they were starting to do the the sun worship the moon worship you know they had you know even in Egyptian cultures for example which was very ancient culture they had the Ra the sun god you know Osiris uh, Isis the God, and then they also had the combinations. You see the the man body with the eagle head, or the mm-hmm. um, those kinds of uh, con- concoctions, whatever. And all this was just pagan, pagan, pagan. And some of the you know what you're talking about with the, the these creatures that are you know part human, part animal. Yeah. You know the the issue is were these actual beings, and or or was just something concocted from the imagination of mankind. And uh, yeah. my my view is that that they were actual. There was uh, what you call transhumanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the crossing of kinds. Crossing mm-hmm. of kinds mm-hmm. that was taking place, and and so these creatures, they the things that they showed inscribed on mm-hmm. the walls of uh, the caves Egyptian. and temples mm-hmm. were not just necessarily imaginary things, were they? But they were actual creatures that had been. That were around well, at that demonic point. empowered. Um, I think there's some scriptures in the Bible that says that. Well, I think uh, Paul talks about it. You know, he's talking about um, worshiping idols and eating their meat, and he says that the things are offered to that are offered to idols are actually offered to demons. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the demons are the power that that works behind these things. But um, so paganism can be is widespread. It's it's ancient. It's been around forever. It's not something that um, is just new to the 21st century. As a matter of fact, it's so old that it's new. I mean, it's like there's a, a remake, a making over, a makeover. Paganism is getting a makeover these days so that it looks uh, like witchcraft repackaged. It's getting to look more enticing, more popular, more, uh, you know, cool. Um, and, and because the church has really failed 
in a lot of ways to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they've preached a lot of mixed gospels. They've not kept the paganism out of the church either because they don't even recognize it. Nowadays, you know, we have people coming in uh, practicing yoga and mysticism and all that. We can get back to that a little later, but, you know, so because we have failed to even recognize it in our own midst, uh, it's really corrupted and taken over, uh, contaminated everything. So what do you got there, honey? Well, you know, it's interesting. The original uh, word from which uh, the word pagan comes from, it means, uh, originally meant something stuck in the ground as a landmark. Wow. Something stuck in the ground as a landmark. And, and of course, it refers, paganism usually refers to maybe a, a, a polytheism or a pantheism where you know believe kind of everything is God. Uh, or many things yeah, can be God. Or, or many things can be God. And sort of a, uh, sometimes people are, uh, it can be equated with the word heathen, which is someone that necessarily does not have a religion. But the thing is uh, that everybody has one a religion of one kind or another. Yeah, yeah you're going to worship somebody. Yeah. Even if it's yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so everybody has everybody has a, a, a religion. So this is kind of a uh, well. Can we sum it up? A, by road, a road less traveled sort of thing that's getting more and more traveled in our day. But could we say that paganism then is basically the worship of any other thing as God, except the one true God? Any other thing, whether you're going to worship a rat, a monkey, monkey gods, or you have a god for everything, like the yeah. 300 million gods in India. Or if you've got a sun god, moon god, you know, your shovel's a god, a stick's a god, whatever's a god, a doorknob's a god. Anything, anything, all of it put together on the one side is called paganism. On the other side is the worship of the one true God and the son Jesus Christ. I think we could, you know, equate uh, paganism with idolatry. You know, it it may not necessarily be worshiping a, 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 a physical image of some sort, but... Like a golden calf, right? A golden calf, but it can be as something as worshiping. Well, I think I think yourself. paganism is idolatry. I think idolatry is the worship, the the part of the paganism that would be considered worship. And when you're attributing to a, a stick or a stone or a stump or something the power of God or the power of a God or the power to make you powerful or, or give you uh, I don't know favor, blessing, whatever. I mean, it's all based on fear and superstition, really. Everything has got, it either comes rooted in or is rooted in faith or fear. And if you look at the paganism, why were they offering sacrifices? Even, even uh, because they didn't want to get, incur the wrath of the gods. So they offered them food. They offered them, you know, things at their mm-hmm. altars. And they were, you know, dedicating themselves to the, all this hoo-ha and worry and uh, even trick-or-treat, even Halloween comes from that sense of, you know, either you pacify, give us... Yeah, pacify pacify the, demon, the, yeah. the, yep. the demons so they don't hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. You give us a, a treat or we'll play a trick on you. And so that's where trick or treat comes from, just for FYI. So, but, you know, um, the idea of worshiping, giving, giving the power that God gave Adam and Eve, the authority to, to run the earth, is submitting ourselves to something inferior to ourselves. And letting that thing be our God and letting, you know, like whether, you know, say we come from monkeys, uh, why would we give, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. We're, we're intellectual beings that God has given authority, power, creativity, um, jurisdiction. Why would we, what is, what's wrong with us? 
that we would sub- submit to something so much more inferior to us and then worship it and look to it for power, except for one fact, that whatever it is we're attributing that power to is coming, that their power, that power, it is coming from a demon or a devil or a, a, a fallen angel. When you look at, uh, you know, the Israelites, uh, the God's chosen people, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, when God, you know, formed them and as a people to, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and the whole line there, and then uh, they're 430 years in Egypt, God brings them out of Egypt, and through wonderful, miraculous signs yeah. and provision for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the oh, the Red Sea opens up. There's that guided, mm-hmm. They're guided by a, a pillar of fire by oh. night and a, a pillar of cloud by day. Mm-hmm. Um, they, their shoes never wore out. They had water in the wilderness. They had manna for 40 years. Water from years. a rock. Water came from, a, from, a, from out from a rock, and, and they had this revelation. And then they came. There was the, the, the law of God. Mm-hmm. You know, the Ten Commandments came, and, and they had all this from God, yet they turned away uh, to, the, uh, to the heathen practices of the peoples around them. Uh, I just want to read from Jeremiah mm-hmm. here, chapter 2. Uh, God's describing their condition. Jeremiah chapter 2, uh, 27 through 29. Uh, he says, inasmuch they say to a tree, you are my father, and to a stone you gave me birth, mm-hmm. who have turned their backs to me and their faces. But in time of trouble, they will arise and say, uh, arise, O Lord, and save us. Where are your gods, small g, that you made for yourself? Let them arise if they can save you in the time of your trouble. For as many as the number of your cities are your gods, O Judah, surely so many handmade idols should be able to help you. Surely, he's kind of being sarcastic, surely so many handmade idols. Well, they made them out of gold and silver, and and they were the the work of their hands. I mean, you're making something that you're making. I mean, I think there's another really crazy scripture in Jeremiah chapter 10 where he says, yeah, you cut this tree in half. And half of it you use to burn your... You cook your food with yeah, it. Yeah, and the other half you make into an idol. And I've always wondered, well, which, how did they know which half was the, was the right. God half and which half was the half right. used for burning? It is so nonsensical. It just makes no sense. But, but people don't seem to even think about, even logically, common sense-wise, how ridiculous, how these, these things go around in circular reasoning, how they make no sense. And they just continue to... Um, interrupt the plan of God in a person's life. Going back to that Jeremiah chapter 2, right before the 27 that you read, which I thought is just amazing. You know, you're calling a, a stick or a tree, saying to a tree, you're my father, and to a stone, you gave me birth. I mean, well, how, how is, lost, how how drugged, how seduced, how well, how what? how crazy what what's the difference uh, lost their mind yeah what's the difference between though that concept and the concept that we have uh, uh, concerning uh, evolution well evolution is just another it's just uh, another piece in the whole paganistic theory that well it's forward. a pretty it's a very important piece because it creates we're, we're saying you know There's we're no saying god, you know basically. what there is no god mm-hmm. We we were not created by a creator God. We just kind of evolved through this 
accidents. Uh, ridiculous, unscientific process. And we can't even can't even just you know, or, agree on what that process was. Right. Was it alien pollination or what? We were seen by aliens or, uh, you know, goo in the zoo, goo that was hit by lightning or whatever it was. And, and, it, and it's it's like, you know, um, we're, we were supposed to be intelligent human beings. Yeah. But, but the thing is, that whole concept of evolution, at which uh, the, the founder of Darwin actually denied, its validity before he passed away. Yeah, he denied his own theory. He I denied know. his own theory, but we've picked it up and, and we've brought it forth as truth. And yeah. that Who really that? has, I mean, really, when you look at it, it is the source of the uh, uh, National Socialist Party and, and, uh, and, and the Nazism, mm-hmm. Hitler. Uh, it's, it's, it's the root of, of the, the uh, abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, abortion uh, on life demand. is not that valuable. Bottom so line. life, yeah, well, life is just basically cheap. It's and a your, survival your life of the fittest. Is, yeah, and, a, and it's a few people decide who lives, who dies, mm-hmm. and does it really matter? And so, so it's, they have to have that it's, it's a hopeless, kind of, it's a yeah. hopeless, intellectually ridiculous concept when you really mm-hmm. yeah, study it, and it's it's touted as being scientific, and there's nothing more unscientific. Mm-hmm. Than the How theory of evolution. intellectual and logical, and it's none of it. It's none of it. But people have been so, they have preferred this kind of uh, brainwashing, if you will, to the one true God and the truth. And, you know, again, I can understand sometimes why people go there because the gospel of Jesus Christ, the character of God, has been also so convoluted. The devil not only set up the whole body of paganism for people as an option. But he has also taken and created many gospels for people who want to believe in God. And, you know, God has given us one gospel, and it was given and demonstrated through Jesus Christ, his son. It's called the gospel of grace, and it comes through peace, mercy, and truth. Uh, Salvation comes through Jesus Christ. But the devil has taken that gospel, and knowing he can't get rid of it, he has made it uh, the laughing stock. He's made it. Uh, a gospel of try harder, never enough, good works, give up, get mad, guilt, gossip, anything. And the church is filled with this kind of uh, ritualistic rot. And and they've, and, you know, I mean, we could talk and talk and talk about so many things that, that have gone on, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the rituals. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people know the story of um, Constantine. Saw the cross in the sky. He was gonna. He could his enemies, and he believed it was from God. So he began to mix Christianity with some form of um, the pagan pagan. cultures that were around him. Mm -hmm. Pagan pagan practices. Yeah. So and they never have left the church for the most part. Those rituals and uh, substitutes and superstitions uh, and fear tactics have never left the church. Even and we're so used to them. We now think that we give, we attribute those things as holy. We call them holy as ways of worshiping God. God has no interest in some of those things. Um, and because I think they, they mingled the, the cultures, you know, the feast days, the, the paganism, with that was a very effective way of shutting down the power of true faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, mixture and, and watering down the gospel and... Uh... And uh, you know, incorporating 
the, yeah. the idea of to trying to say, well, we don't want to offend the pagans. Yeah. Uh, well, so let's let's incorporate their pagan practices well, is, and mix it up with with Christianity, yeah, right. and then we've got nothing. We've got nothing. No but power. A mess. Well, you know, a lot of times, you know, with with God, there's the truth, and then the devil is the counterfeits. With God, for example, there's miracles, the miraculous moving of the Holy Spirit. There's purity and holiness, but with the devil, there's magic, and there's mysticism. And even when you go back to the days of Pharaoh, and um, in the court. Janice and Jamborees were able to throw their rods down and do the same thing that Moses's rod was doing. Only thing is Moses's snake serpent rod swallowed up their rods. But because Pharaoh was not convinced that this power that they were using was anything more than superstitious, they or, or you know more higher powered magic, he did not. The fear of God did not come upon him. And I think even today, if I just can jump way, 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 way to where we're living today, almost, you know, the words magic and mysticism. We have mysticism in the church kind of returning to the old, uh, you know, uh, labyrinths and uh, bells and incense. Yeah, and then, and then in, the, in, the, in the media, we have all this stuff done by our very favorite children's uh, animators and we have magic in everything we have wizards and dragons and magic wands and hocus pocus and harry potter and um disney and we've got it all and it's just all promoting magic superstition fear paganism now it's it's interesting too you mentioned about you know the church uh you know historically you go back from the time of constantine you go through the uh Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, uh, <clears throat> where there was such an emphasis on these pagan rituals. I mean, the the Word of God, mm-hmm. the Scriptures were ignored and kept secret, and the idea was, well, the people, um, you know, only only the priests or something could be the proper interpreters of the Word of God. So it's dangerous to have people find the truth. And then, of course, Reformation came when uh, the scriptures were made available in, you know, Latin, German, mm-hmm. and people were able to, uh, and, and, and then later in English, where people were able to discover you know, the truth. And so, so the, the, the church was um, uh, inundated with all these, um, all these pagan practices and rituals. Now, and another thing, too, is what I find so so weird mm-hmm. i can understand it is that in our day now mm-hmm. right here in 2014 mm-hmm. there are are uh, groups of people uh, uh it's, it's a movement known as the emergent church movement which includes a lot of uh, going uh, back to uh, it's going back mm-hmm. to uh labyrinths uh walking through labyrinths candles incense um and supposedly, now it's interesting that people, say for example, well, young, I, I think, young adults, yeah. okay, turned away from just oh this ceremonialism, mm-hmm. and so you would think that that would be something that they no want. no twenty something person would want to yeah. mess with. But okay. here's the deal. But 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 let me just mm-hmm. finish this. But yet. The, those that are the advocates of in, in this emergent church movement mm-hmm. are saying that this is what 
young people are wanting. Right. They're being drawn back right. to those kinds of things, and they're saying, excuse me, that yeah, this yeah. is the key to reaching young people because people want to have these kind of uh, experiences. Okay, yeah. Well, here's the deal. You know, I think the Church of Jesus Christ, as we know it from the book of Acts, was a church of power. It was full of dynamic miracles, signs and wonders, mighty signs and wonders. No 20-something, 30-something would have been bored in a church like that. Oh, but right. because the church today has so, is so depleted of true uh, holiness and their, a true relationship with the one true God, that because they were so void of all of that, which is really what we seek, because the young ones come in and they have zeal and they want to do something, so they have to give them something to do. So they give them jobs to do, like light the candles, ring the bells, you know, positions, mantras, yogas, uh, yoga positions. Uh, and, and, you know, all of that is for to seek an experience. And, and I never said, you know, the just shall live by experience. He said the just shall live by obedience, by faith. And, um, but going back to um, in the beginning, in the original conversations that God himself was having with his people, when he was defining for himself a people, again, after Adam and Eve had kind of lost the ball, we had the flood, we had Nimrod, we had the Tower of Babel, we had all this stuff going on. And God then pulled together Moses and pulled the children of Israel out of Egypt, although Egypt was still in them because they had, you know, for 200, whatever, how many years, 400 years, 200 years, they had... The pagan, been, the pagan culture had, had been... S- they were steeped in that. Saturated in yeah. it, right. Uh-huh. And so they didn't even recognize it anymore. They didn't even, it's like being a hog farmer for so long, you don't even smell yourself or know you stink anymore. They didn't even know it was there. And yeah. so, but he took them into the desert and they still had this this resistance towards God. And I know in Jeremiah, uh, he's still, you know, talking to them about idolatry and equating idolatry with adultery because he was married to them. He was committed to this one people called the Jews, the Israelites, and they kept flirting with being harlots, uh, seeking after, being seduced by everybody, the Moabites, the, whatever was going on. And he kept saying, don't go by them, stay by me. But it's just like har- harlotry. So for, for God, idolatry is like adultery because of the marriage covenant he had made with them. And, and I got to read this going back to your Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 20. This precedes what you read before, honey. For of old I have broken your yoke and burst your bonds. And you said, I will not transgress when on every high hill and under every green tree you lay down playing the harlot. He's saying, I set you free. I healed you. I brought you out of Egypt. I fed you, watered you, clothed you, blah, blah, blah. And you promised you wouldn't break my covenants. And you said, we won't transgress. We won't sin. We won't break the law. But every time I turn around, you're sleeping with somebody else under some green tree somewhere. And that's what they would do. They'd go into these high places and they'd worship in the high places. You lay down playing the harlot. Yet I have planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. He said, God's saying, my DNA is in you. Uh, you're, a, you're made in my image, highest quality. I called you. There's nothing higher, greater I could ever do or to give you uh, more value, more, um, be more precious in my sight. How then have you turned before me into this degenerate plant of an alien vine? How did you turn out like this? What's happened to you, he's saying? How did you get to be so uh, uh, opposed 
to me, so resistant, so stubborn, so unhappy with our relationship, you know. And then he goes on to say, for though you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me, says the Lord God. Now, I think this is very interesting because even if they would try to be good, like we try in our religions, okay, we're going to turn over a new leaf, we're going to be good now, we're going to make sure that we are perfect and do it right. God says, even if you do that, he says, that your iniquity is marked before me. Now, where did that iniquity get marked on them? Was it on their forehead? Was it on the sole of their foot? Or was it right even on their DNA? Because the original DNA was good, God DNA. And now it's there's a mark on them. I think something infected them, something, there was a defect in them. And so their iniquity was marked before him. He says, that means it's still on you. You're still spotted, dirty, and stained. How can you say, now he's talking again to them. He says, how can you say I'm not polluted? I've not gone after the Baals, B-A-A-L-S. That's another word for pagan gods. Mm -hmm. He says, how can you say that? See, see your way in the valley. Look what you've done. Know what you've done. You are swift to break loose your ways and chasing after everything. Um, So he says, um, with your foot, withhold your foot from being unshod and your throat from thirst. But you said, there is no hope. No, for I have loved aliens, and after them I will go. And usually our discussions with God, I mean, even in Jeremiah chapter 7, um, when Je- Jeremiah was saying, you're worshiping the queen of heaven, offering cakes to the queen of heaven? Mm-hmm. And they said to him, they said to Jeremiah, well, yeah, because ever since we've done that, things have gone really well for us. Mm-hmm. What What is there? This is, this, is, this, is, this is really a perplexing issue because God... I mean, God understands. I mean, he, he knows them. But again and again, you read in the Old Testament, he, uh, to, to the Jewish people, mm-hmm. Israel and Judah, he is appealing to them. He said, okay, what was so bad about me? Mm-hmm. What do you find so offensive about me that you have to go after these pagan gods mm-hmm. that are just uh, Creations. I- idols? Now, Stones. The stones and trees and things and, I made and, and demons and things that you create with your yeah, with or, your hands. Well, worshiping the sun. That's what is it? What is it about human mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. that when there is a revelation of God um, that's right before us, and we still choose something far less? We choose something mm-hmm. that is contrary. Yeah. What is that that we just seems like we automatically choose that which is bad for us. What's well, going on there? Well, the only thing that makes any sense is to put a very sinister, evil one, a demon, a, a, the fallen angels, uh, the devil, into the equation and realize that he comes as an angel of light. He comes very seductive, looking like everything you ever wanted, a friend, uh, an instant answer, um, uh, an option that gives you power to control your own life. And usually if we want power to control our own life, it's only because of fear. Because if we had faith in God, we would know we don't need to control our own life because he is good. But the problem is that, again, why do we do that? Because we have an enemy, and he's very good at what he does. And his whole job is to pull us away from God. Very convincing. It's interesting. Uh, Remember, several years ago, we were in uh, one of the Twin Cities suburbs, um, interviewing young adults, just hanging out on a mm-hmm. on a Friday night and a very warm summer evening, 
And um, we're actually doing the documentary, weren't we? Uh, we were doing a, a documentary. Yeah. Uh, uh, who is the devil? Who is the devil? Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. was some of the footage there. And uh, this, I still remember this one young man, and he was just in all sincerity. He was just saying, he said, like the devil. He said he would be just like your very best friend. Yeah. And another uh, guy that we uh, did when we were doing the documentary, who was the devil, who uh, we actually on camera, he destroyed thousands of dollars, burned thousands of dollars worth of Dungeons and Dragons. uh, Paraphernalia. Paraphernalia. I mean, he was seriously into it. And he would say about, about Satan and Lucifer, he said, he is just like, seems to be, he says, the most sweet, kind, gentle mm-hmm. a person you'd ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. But then he went to say, but it's all a lie. Mm-hmm. So God opened his eyes to that, to that fact. So what you're saying is that there is a war going on inside of each of us. As Paul said in Romans 7, I'm doing the things I don't want to do, the things I want to do I don't do. Now, this Paul was committed to the Lord. This is a man of God. And he was still recognizing this battle. And then he says, now, what do I have to do? Because obviously, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God proved to the people they could not do that which was right. And that they couldn't keep the law. They kept screwing up. And so God says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill the law myself. And then I'm going to write the law in your heart and send the Holy Spirit to help you to make it. Otherwise, you're never going to make it because the devil is just too diabolical, too tricky, and you're way too naive. But, you know, so Paul is saying, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And I really believe that if we understand the war that goes on in our souls, uh, as, as opposed to our spirit, there's a battle between your soul and your spirit. It's not between your mind and, and your heart. It's, be, you know, your mind and your heart are part of your soul. The soul is, is under the influence of the lie all the time. And that's why the Bible says your heart is desperately wicked and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your soul needs to be reprogrammed by the truth of God. But so if people don't understand, then they're going to be easily persuaded and misled. But again, we go back to the understanding grace. God continues to forgive. God continues to supply us with everything we need Mm -hmm. to live God in Christ Jesus. The devil wants you to think, well, you have to do some stuff. You have to be good. You have to do the rituals. You have to do the rituals just right. And God is saying, eh, those rituals, those laws, you know what? I don't know where you're getting that stuff from because that's nothing I told you to do. And yet the devil, when we break a ritual or fail to do something, then the devil says, we have sinned against God, broke the law, and now God is mad at us. And, and the devil is setting it all up for us to believe that God is mad at us when it's the devil who's tricked us, set up the law, the law, and, the, and, and God is to believe the lie. We broke the law, and now he's saying, and you deserve to be punished. So we go into a mode of guilt and deserving. And that's why a lot of people, where they live, they live in guilt, thinking that God is mad at them. Well, the only reason God is mad is because God, if he's mad, he's suffering because you have so been so deceived into believing you're bad, guilty, and deserve all this bad stuff, and then you attribute it to God. I believe a lot of people are under demonic judgments and attributing those judgments to God. Mm-hmm. Well, here's, is there, what can be done to minimize the susceptibility, susceptibility I'll say it right. Yeah, that's a good big word. Susceptibility. 
susceptibility susceptibility <laughs> <laughs> to uh to the enemy. Now, you know, historically people you know, say, well, I'm just going to, you know, go into a monastery where yeah. there's no temptation. I eat simple right. food. Right. I won't, you know, look at anything bad. I'll just, just be Perfect. cloistered up yeah. here and stay away from all these, you know, kind of just stay away from the well, temptations that the devil would would, would Well, we still do me. that today, I think, in a lot of the um, very intense, uh, you know, cloistering type of things, these uh, well, they're they're in the church. Actually, they pull the young people into these heavy-duty, high-powered um, experiences. These schools where they, you know, they stay up all night and they pray and they fast and they worship and twenty-four-seven, whatever they're doing. In the name of discipleship training. Right, and then they get very exhausted, sleep-deprived, and then they leave there eventually, saying, "Wait, I can't be that. I can't do that all the time." So therefore, th- their expectations that the enemy puts upon them to be holy. Is, is false, but it's impossible, and they, they end up usually they put, just They're put in a kind of an artificial, in a sense, environment. But, yeah, it's not real life. Jesus didn't yeah. say, cloister yourself. He said, go out and preach, make disciples. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he said, come follow me. He didn't say, stay up all night and worship 24-7, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I, what part of the, I mean, we don't, we think that's all good, but I think that our thing is we miss grace. We have missed the understanding of the revelation of God's mercy. And now, grace. there might, you know, I'm, I'm sure there, there are parents that are listening tonight, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, kids from the time they're very little, uh, from the time that they, you know, it, even, you know, preschool, public school, there are certain influences that are are not from God. Uh, obviously, uh, and there are also, you know, just that you mentioned earlier about various TV programs. You know, the the superheroes, the the magic, the the occult things. I mean, it's very much in your in your face. Uh, is there any way? What would you suggest that parents could do for their children to make them? Perhaps less pagan susceptible. Proof? Uh, pagan proof. Pagan proof. Pagan proof. How do you your pagan, kids? pagan proof your kids? Well, you know, first of all, the truth sets us free, and if the gospel of Jesus Christ is really preached and and demonstrated in front of them, I believe they'll be satisfied. Um, and and you know, it, it must be preached in its entirety. And part of that is to understand that there are, is persecution, there is suffering. Uh, there's a price to pay. There is a war going on. The enemy comes to tempt us. He comes to lead us away from Jesus. Jesus is good. He helps us. And then all these questions that the devil comes into, you know, for example, if God is so good, then why? That is one of the devil's main, um, you know, like a crowbar. He kind of comes in and tries to pry us away from God because uh, he's, number one, really attacking the character of God with that question knowing that Satan knows that he's the one who set up all the bad stuff and now he's trying to get us to believe it's God because God should be able to stop it all. But the thing is, you've got people all over the place, um, kids exposed to you know, evolution, paganism, emergent church stuff in their youth groups, yoga in their churches, you, if they go to church even. And you've got, then you go to the pagan festivals, which is kind of a re- resurgent of the new age, the new hippie, you know, I mean, in our day, we were hippies, and they were looking for love and peace and meaning, meaning and purpose and love power and da 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 da. But that hasn't really gone away. 
know, people are still looking for the same thing. So it's it's what is a you know as a parent, um, what is what would you say would be some basic principles you know for uh, you know training children mm-hmm. or or well, helping all, to uh, pagan proof. You know that's that sounds like it's a very negative way of of doing it. But you have to. But how how is that something that that can be done? Uh, well, first of all, parents. I think we need to go back to the original scriptures where Jesus said, or God said, you need to train up your children in the way that they should grow, go when you around the table, speak with them when you're on the way, give them the concepts, give them the, the modeling, the exampling. I think one of the things that we've lost is that connectedness, even in eating meals together and eating healthy meals together. We've got the instant food, we've got the drive through window, we've got the fighting in the car, we've got the junk food that we're cramming into our kids, and that in itself brings a stupor and, and causes a lot of agitation, fighting because of all that extra sugar. So the basics are the basics. Just, you know, read to them out of the Bible, put them, tuck them into bed at night, ask them questions about their day, pay attention, eye contact, look at them, pay, stop doing what you're doing, put the newspaper down, turn the TV off, look at them when you ask a question, take time, Hold their hand, touch them, so that they know that you're um, you're really there for them. So, okay, so you know, yeah, okay, you got the word. Yeah, yeah, uh, and this is I'm again Deuteronomy chapter six verse four, uh, beginning there, and uh, this is from the Amplified Bible. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with your entire being and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you this day shall be first in your own minds and hearts. Then you shall whet and sharpen them so as to make them penetrate and teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets or forehead bands between your eyes. And you shall write them um, upon the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So it, you know, what you're saying, honey, here, and what God is saying is that it's 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 a lifestyle of modeling and teaching. It's not just sending them to a Sunday school class, mm-hmm. although that can be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just sending them to camp; that can be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's this whole mom and dad in in the in the whole mix of life, uh, communicating uh, the word of God in every mm-hmm. uh, situation. Well, you know, and I really like that. And going back to the idea of, um, you know, kids are being exposed to all kinds of very nasty theology, uh, theologies, yeah, and theories, evolution being one of them. And, you know, we've done a couple of things uh, that people might not know about, but if they go to our, life, our, uh, our um, website, liferecovery.com, They'll find a couple of things that are really good for kids. We have a who is the devil and what is life. Yeah, who who is the devil? It's interesting that we were actually uh, commissioned by a, a Christian network mm-hmm. way back in the day, and they said, well, do a documentary on the devil. Yeah. And, uh, 
So we and interviewed so, him. So we <laughs> interviewed him. He was very cooperative, helpful, <laughs> and uh, no, uh, you know, but and uh, no, but always, yeah. You know, I, again, but, but kids anyway, are not scared. Kids are not scared to know there are demons and devils. I mean, that really gives them, if you under, he, he, okay, so your kid dis- disobeys you and they're, they're being a brat and they're throwing a fit and they're doing something and you're wanting to train them up and you're wanting to teach them the truth and you say, you know what, sweetheart? You're made by God. You're made in the image of God. You are good, but you just did something that's not good. And we need to understand why a good person like you, loving God, made in the image of God, would, would, fall for something, do something that's not good. Your behavior was bad, okay? So rather than the kids saying, okay, I did something bad, now I am bad, and then we always say to them, well, you got to be good. And instead of doing that, say, you know what, sweetheart? What was the lie you believed? How did the devil trick you into doing that thing when God made you in his image to do the right thing? And if you start doing that, then the kids are going to say, well, you know what? What was the lie? Well, I don't know. I just felt like it. Well, who made you feel like it? What was the thing that provoked you what I, I was all going to be okay nobody was going to see me you know it just depends on what age they are and what their the lie is that they're believing but again if we help them to see that there's a lie they're believing instead of attributing the bad behavior to themselves and the other thing of course god says is train them you know correct them don't let them get by with it because if you just if you give them you know whatever it is a spanking or a timeout or whatever it is if you give them that that will help them to, 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 you know, feel better, actually, that the balance has already has been set again towards goodness and the debt's been paid and I'm good to go and I, I don't have to put this, carry this, this guilt on me for a long time. Hey, listen, let's take a quick commercial break. I think we're going to do What is Life? It's, a, it's a, this, you know, written again for kids, teens, on the value of life, evolution, and Okay, go for it. What is life? Where does it come from? Where does it end? Is it merely a sequence of random events thrown together? Is it of any significance? Or is it just there, a dash between two dates carved on a cemetery stone? Does it count? Does it last? What's it worth? Does it matter? Is evolution a plausible explanation for the existence of man? Does the Genesis record give us an accurate account of the origin of man? Or are there other valid arguments that can explain the origin of human life? Were we planned from the foundation of the world, or were we an accident, an amoeba emerging out of primordial slime? And what is the ultimate significance of a life born by accident, or of no one being there? If we are nothing but the result of random chance and fortunate mutations to the nth power, who cares? And if we are of no significance in our birth, then life is of little value, and to die is the same as to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much that we just make, we assume, we take for granted. You know, I think the more we see the depth of the uh, deception uh, and the way people are falling for it, the more we just say, 
God help us. There's mm-hmm. just no way unless you as parents start to seek God for yourself. And you know what? If you don't like your life, if it's going in a rut, if it's not going anywhere that you really want it to go, your kids are going to see that. You've got to be real. They're going to pick up that hypocrisy immediately. And you know, by the time you know, before you know it, they're going to be teenagers and they're going to be super critical. And then they're going to be wanting to um, walk out the door and find their own way. And a lot of times, too, we'll, we'll stuff them in a church, and that church is not really answering their questions. It's just kind of a babysitting service, a glorified. And you know what? That's not what Jesus wants. He wants us to grow every day, understanding the power of his word, uh, the battle, uh, victories, um, you know, suffering, all of that stuff. And it's just like when you get to heaven, what's the first thing that you're going to realize? I think the first thing we're going to realize is how much we missed, mm-hmm. how incredibly good God is, and how so how blind we. I don't want to go there. I don't want to get to heaven and say, "Oh man, if I would have only would have known." I don't want to. I want to say, "Wow, yeah, I had that right. Yep, God showed me that. The Holy Spirit was right on. Yep, I saw that happening all the time. Yep, yep, yep. You know, that's the way I want to see um, this thing for myself and. You know, but honey, we have done like things like uh, What is Life, Who is the Devil, documentaries, DVDs, CDs, manuals, books. We've worked on this for 20-some years. And, you know, people are just being sucked down into the rat holes of destruction and and deception. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like we must be close to the end. Mm -hmm. But it's very, very sad. Yeah. And the... uh... You know, it's important, you know, parents, grandparents, pray for your children, pray for your grandchildren, um, because there is there is just a, a intense battle for their souls. And uh, well, here's another problem, though, sweetheart, praying, praying becomes a big issue because a lot of people are mad at God because he doesn't answer their prayer. Well, if you're not if you're mad at God, why would you pray? Well, they're feeling defeated. They're feeling like, well, maybe he doesn't hear me, or maybe he's not there. Maybe this is a big deal. I mean, bitter against God, angry with God. God doesn't answer prayers. Don't understand why God's doing what he's doing. If God is so good, then why? We go back to that question all the time. Well, at least we know one thing in that question. If God is so good, then why do all these bad things happen? So all the people who are blaming God for all the bad things out there, at least they're acknowledging that God exists. Because why would you blame someone for something if he didn't exist? I mean, mm-hmm. you'd be nuts mm-hmm. and insane. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess it's good that God is enough there for them to be able to blame. But the thing is, um, let's go into the question. I got a question. And by the way, if anybody wants to call in, um, we'd love to hear from you. You can, um, you can throw something at us or sh- share something with us. Uh, the number is 347-215-8051. 347 don't be afraid to get in the battle. Don't be afraid. Give us a call. Yeah. Give us a call. It'd be great to hear from you. Yeah. yeah. Questions, comments, contradictions. Yeah. You know, please, this is, your, this is your life. This is your life. You have one life, one soul, one you, and you're going to have to give an account of yourself to God. And the Holy Spirit lives in you to help you give a good account to God instead of feeling guilty and regretful and blah, blah, blah. But if you're calling, that's... Uh, I'll give you the number one more time, 347-215-8051. But you know what? Now, here's the deal. Um, talking about kids, talking about paganism, 
talking about these new things that are popping up all over the country, these pagan festivals. Mm -hmm. They're called music festivals. They're called, um, I don't know, hippie festivals. I don't know what they're called. What are they called? Well, there's a whole... There's a whole culture movement culture. It's like, you know, there was say back in the uh, late fifties, well in the fifties there was kind of this uh, beatnik culture, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know New York City, uh, Greenwich Village, and stuff like that was kind of an alternate, yeah, alternative kind of alternative culture, uh, different music, different vibe i guess you'd call it grunge and and then and then there was the hippie movement Mm -hmm. right it kind of started with the 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 drugs and stuff like that then there was a hippie movement where we just looked at um the the country and we looked at the hypocrisy and the deadness of the churches and we looked at horrible things like um the uh, war in vietnam that was very um commercially uh politically oh, motivated yeah. uh it was not a war fought to win it was a war just yeah. to to make the fat cats fatter mm-hmm. uh anyway um anyway so there was this movement. there was re- there was a resistance rebellion against the establishment wasn't right it? it's like the establishment was bad because yeah. we saw the mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, the economic uh the corruption, the yeah. political corruption, that was and everything in the 60s, like that. People. This is in the sixties now. <laughs> Nothing's so, changed. So, so there's that. We kind of went through that, and then a lot of the people that were the the radicals that hated the establishment in the sixties became part of the establishment in the seventies mm-hmm. and eighties, and the businessmen. Uh, yeah, and, and they that. became the, uh, the the businessmen and leaders now. And but, then, but. And, and then during that time. Late sixties, early seventies, there was a, a movement called the Jesus Movement. Yeah. And there were a lot of young adults that realized that drug, sex and rock and roll were not solving their problems. Mm-hmm. And and there was a, a just a, there were some a few churches. Most of the churches were just, I think, oblivious to what was going on, but there were a few churches and a few individuals that started reaching out to the hippie culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there was a crack in the door. Finally, you know, something had happened enough in in society to get people to believe that there was something missing, something missing. And we go back to what was that? So the search was going into the dark world. It was Satanism. It was drugs. It was the occult. It was uh, drugs are occult, by the way. It's pharmakia, which means witchcraft. So it was a, a really, I think, mild compared to what we probably have now in terms of, you know, yeah. seeking. And, and there were, yeah, there were, there were, and there were people that did come to know Jesus out of that, that old, uh, that original, I guess we could call uh-huh. it hippie movement. But now, um, so now what, what do we have? Well, now? we've got kind of a, I guess you'd sort of call it a, a neo-paganism. Uh, we've had the, in the, uh, the 70s and 80s, there was, you know, we heard so much about the uh, New Age movement. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the thing. Um, which is basically, basically New Age is just basically. Yeah. Uh, old age. Old age, repackaged, uh, Hinduism, pantheism. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's what it is. Well. It was just kind of repackaged because. There was the only reason that sort of 
yeah. view works and and people accept it because of a void. Yeah. Because a there was a there was a void, there was a vacuum uh, and people were not finding um you know the reality in in the uh, uh churches. Mm-hmm. Um Well, you know, people have dropped out of the church so much so that it's not even I mean well, it's uh, just like Right. I mean, the churches are really being shaken out and, and emptied out, and it's really, really hard. Most people don't go to a church anymore. Um, I'd say the great majority of them, just they find their solace in something else. And But this new this new uh, kind of like it's a new culture reemerging with the paganism, the, uh, the hippies, the new hippies, whatever you want to call them, and the flower power, the children, uh, the festivals, the music. Uh, they're just they're just lost. They're they're lost, and anything and everything goes. I mean, we go to these festivals, and I have to say, you know, they dress they, they dress like everything. They dress like anything if they put clothes on. Um, they smear themselves with mud. They dress like bubbles, like butterflies, like like bananas, like blueberries. I mean, they they're all looking dressing just as crazy as they can to be noticed. Well, yeah, and. And, That's one of the things they and, want to be noticed. I right, think. right. And, lot. and and people, what they've seen of Christianity, and and a lot of these, you know, young. Mm-hmm. Say, let's let's talk about young adults that are in there. Uh, mm-hmm. They've never really uh, had exposure to uh, the gospel. If they have had that exposure to the gospel, it's been in a very kind of a dead um uh how can i say it artificial dead ritualistic Mm -hmm. um form of things and and they just don't want that it's not connecting with them it's not working with them and for them which is which is to me is very amazing to me that in the emergent church movement they say the way to reach these young adults is to get them into these old uh rituals again Mm -hmm. And 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 I just I, well, I just I, I think don't know. I, you I just guess almost I can't have, see it. You know they they promise in these uh, pagan festivals. Of course they have the music. They have the uh, they have the, uh, the the freedom, the drugs, the wine, the the booze, the sex, the the anything they want to do. They can do anything they want to do, um, and it's all under the guise of love, 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 love. And you know it's like welcoming them home. It's like we're home. Um, or, you know, welcome home. I mean, it's just they're they're coming together, camping, hanging out for a weekend in the elements, whatever it might be. Uh, half of them are getting there with hardly any any food, and you know their their my their money is shot, whatever. They paid up huge money to get into these things, and then they um they hang out all weekend, and they they get they go to their seminars and their meetings and their witchcraft and their dancing and their drums and their paganism and you you know yoga and stuff and their question they're they're all full of no answers they have no answers and yet they're trying all kinds of things and i think what we go there as they we set up a prayer station we put that right out there right in front of them you know it's called the prayer station and if you want prayer you know come over here and we feed them and we talk with them and we have these cool discussions with some of them and um we're just there for them to you know give them food give them water give them band-aids help them know the love of Jesus we're not really preaching at them 
Um, oh, a lot of it is is just building bridges of of, of communication mm-hmm. uh, with them, because you know every person there is so precious to God, and every yeah. Yeah. person uh-huh. has uh, a story, uh, you know, and we have a story too. So uh, we want to uh, speak. You know, uh, we have authority in, a, in that we have experienced uh, lots of awesome Lord, conversations. The power of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, yeah. so we we are praying. Um, we uh, love to have these opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's a great um, place to go. Yeah. Uh, a lot of church people busy weekend, don't honey. Don't want to go there. No. Uh, because it's well, you know what? Point. It kind of reminds me back in the day when we were hippies, and we didn't live on the commune, but we were very frequented the people we were good friends with them so we didn't live in a geodesic dome or anything um and we didn't at that time have goats and we didn't grow grass that is marijuana um but we went over there and visited them a lot and they were living in these old farmhouses and in these domes and stuff kind of in the swamps and um you know kind of hidden out and and people would drive by and they wouldn't want to stop and you know because people didn't know what you're going to run into so they kind of wanted to avoid these weird people that were kind of the uh, off-scouring of society. Um, and, of course, they would dress weird, and they, you know, just, you know, however you think of a hippie's dressing, that's the way they dressed. And um, they weren't trying to fit in. They weren't trying to be accepted by what they wore, what they looked like, or what they did. And nowadays, it's kind of the same thing. Nobody wants to really go into these festivals, really, but they don't know what a opportunity it is. And Because somebody came for us, Somebody did finally come in with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's kind of how we got saved. Yeah, we're yeah. believing it for these people. Yeah, and so if you if you are a praying person, pray, yeah. pray for us, yeah. and we've got a, a large one coming up actually this weekend. This weekend, yeah, and then another one in a, in a couple of weeks, a huge one down yeah. in uh, yeah down in Arkansas. So. Uh, but these are popping up all over. Well, I think it's just a sign that there's so many people now that just are wandering. They're lost. They don't know what to do. They're looking, really, really looking for family. They're looking for love. They're looking for other people who feel like them, other people who will accept them for who they are and let them do what they want to do. But, you know, you go back into this whole thing of old paganism, old new age, new new age, neo-paganism, postmodernism, whatever you want to call it, you know, screwing up in the church and people in the church don't even recognize it. Then you finally get this product of these wandering, these, these souls that are dressed mm-hmm. in, in all this w- ridiculous garb, wandering around, have no answers, but some of them think they do. And they've got demons and some are seeking demons. Um, I remember one kid came up to me, the first conversation I had last year was, uh, he was telling me about two new demons he picked up from South America. And uh, had names for him, and they were giving him lots of power. And I said, "You need deliverance." And I uh, never saw him the rest of the <laughs> never the rest the rest of the yeah. time they were there. But you know, um, it is pathetic. It's the fruit of this world giving our young people nothing to eat, nothing to go on, nothing to nourish them, no revelation of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. And so without the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's not much in the church either. Don't kid yourself, people. If you think that you're getting it from your church, you are rare because most people are not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're preaching a a mixture, which is worse probably than the pagans. At least the pagans know they're pagans. At least they aren't pretending to be anything. And that's probably why they're pagans, because they refuse to be hypocrites. Mm -hmm. You know, they've seen all this church stuff, or a lot of them have, 
And they say, we don't want that. We're not going to be hypocrites. We're going to be genuine. And I think our churches are just filled with hypocrisy and for show and there's, and they're powerless. And um, it's, it's kind of a, you know, go ahead, honey. I just want to read from Second uh, Timothy chapter. I was on four. a roll there, but anyway, go ahead. Verses. Huh? I was on a roll. I was you're ranting. I was ranting you're, you're a little ranting. bit. Yeah. yeah well, you yeah, can okay. continue the rant. No, I go just, ahead. Read the scripture. I'm just merging better. in with your rant. Here. Okay. okay. I, I would like to. But anyway, you mentioned about the, uh, uh, you know, churches. Um, uh, you know, Paul told Timothy again, Second Timothy four two through four in the Amplified Bible. Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready, whether whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome. You, as a preacher of the word, are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. And convince them. People don't like to be told when they're wrong, honey. Did you know that? I know that. But the truth sets people free. And convince them, rebuking and correcting and warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Mm -hmm. The time is coming. Now, this is the time is coming in when Paul wrote this, but the the time is actually here right now for sure. It's been here for quite a while. Uh, he says in verse 3, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate, will not endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, mm-hmm. they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster their errors they hold. Mm-hmm. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Or fables. This it, Bible says it fables. Says fables. And so mm-hmm. but when you think of... That's in, exactly in, in, in what's a, going on. Just studying a lot of the things uh, from the mm-hmm. uh, emergent church movement, there's just, there's fabulizing. It, mm-hmm. there's, there's man-made fables. From um, from the beginning, pe- from uh, fabulized teachers the devil. that have fabulized. Uh, seem like uh, they seem like they're very cool, very knowledgeable, very cutting edge, but it's fables. And um, and and too, it's interesting too. As you know, you go to a movie theater today. What do you see? You you, you see all these superheroes, fables. And, yeah, it's basically fables. Not just in the church, the but, and... but basically people are feeding on fables, and so. The movie theaters are pretty much the church yeah. of our day, but the people are being fed on uh They're on sedated, fables. actually. They're being sedated with this. Um, their food is sedating them, and they're being seduced by these fables and fictions and fantasies um, because their real world, their real life is so cruddy. They don't like it. There's no point to it. They're, so they have to play the war games in their video games and in their um, you know, in their movies because they're they're not they don't see their own power to be uh, righteous, holy, uh, noble, uh, victorious, conquerors, warriors, heroes. They don't see that in their own life. All they see in their own life is is struggle and and exhaustion and and anger. And so they're they're really not living even close to uh, the way the intended intensity and power that God would intend for His people. 
So very few of them are fighting the good fight of faith and, and, and getting into the real battle. Most of them are just being in there watching the battle, whether it's on the football field or on the movie screen. They're just watching somebody else do something that's entertaining them. So they're, they're being entertained. They're being uh, stupefied, seduced. It's just not life. It's just not life. Another thing here, too, First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, from the Amplified Bible again. But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits uh-huh. and doctrines that demons teach. Mm-hmm. So really, wow. so if people are... Uh, Where was that? Uh, First Timothy chapter four verse Demons one. Demons teach doctrines. Yeah. I wonder if they teach doctrines Seducing in the church. Spirits and doctrines that demons teach, and of course, the demons are busy teaching in in in, in churches. <laughs> well, if they can come as angels of light, I'm sure that they can probably teach from the pulpit sometimes their doctrines of demons. Not necessarily the pulpit. And you know, we're we're preachers, pastors. We've preached a lot from pulpits, and you know, um, not blaming the pastors. It's got to be standing and discerning the, the spiritual warfare that goes on in the pulpit for the minds and the hearts of people. Yeah. Well, it, the thing is, too, is that a lot of times people are not uh, finding the truth. And one of the things mm-hmm. that, <clears throat> that you hear a lot about is that people are saying, you know, where do I find a church that's really mm-hmm. preaching, you know, the truth? Now, it's not just people that are just... Um, you know, dissatisfied and, mm-hmm. and, and, and hard to please mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But where where do you find uh, well, let me, let me, let me uh, answer that a question. good, solid Bible preaching church these days? Um, did Jesus say, go find a church? No, he didn't. He said, you are the church. Right. Why don't you just, if you can't find a church, and maybe some of you need to really step out of your church, come out from among them, be separate so your mind can clear a little bit. Maybe it'll take three, four years for you to sift all these things through because, I mean, we've been pretty permeated with religion and false doctrine and everything else that looks right and good that isn't. But just start reading your Bible. You can't live. You can't. You will not make any warrior. You won't do anything to accomplish anything if you don't read your Bible. And get yourself a version that's, you know, a real version. Don't get all these watered down. You know, the more recent the copy, the more I'd stay away from it. Um, King James, New King James, um, skip the NIV. I'm being really, you know, I'm, yeah, whatever. But, you know, seriously, people, don't blame anything on your church, your pastor, your committee that you're in. If they're playing games and they're letting Jezebel in and it's all about turf and control and it's all about insecurity and guilt trips and spiritual abuse and whatnot, then get out. You don't have anybody to blame but yourself. Go back, read your Bible, comfort yourself with the Lord, humble yourself, call upon him, cry out to him, and ask him to show you the truth. And when things are, are very wrong, and if you get some of this emergent stuff coming in into your church or or whatever, or it's just a big show, uh, just entertainment, uh, you know, just this huge luck. worship team. I, mean, I don't care how yeah. fancy your building is, how... how um, you know, large it is, all that stuff, uh, and, and don't just stay in there. Don't don't put up with error. Right. Don't put up with error. Don't just stay that. Well, I got to come there because what are people going to think if I leave? And I got all my friends here and stuff like that. Well, you have to look at what what's your soul worth. What's yeah. what's, what's the uh, 
Here, what are the souls of your kids and grandkids worth? Here's the deal. We're not looking for a perfect church where nobody has any flaws, but we're looking for a church where if there are flaws, people will at least admit them. And, you know, everybody's got to be right and silent and secret and hold their sins under the, under the radar. No, we're looking for a church where people confess their sins, their faults one to another, pray one for another, and are healed. Um, and, you know, actually in Second Corinthians chapter 6, he says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers while well, we say, well, they're all believers. Okay, well, let's keep reading. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? That would be paganism. And what accord has Christ with Belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God said. I dwell in them. I walk among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, for I will be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Because God is holy. You know, we're, we're, we're thinking, oh, yeah, I know paganism. Yeah, that's what they do. It's, it's they're worshiping the devil. You know, they're chanting, and they're, you know, whatever they're doing. I can recognize paganism, but in the church, some of the same stuff is an offense to God. I mean, we have yoga in the churches these days, and people think, that it's okay because it's just a spiritual exercise and our mantra is Jesus and we're saying praise God. And the the Hindus actually understand, the people from India, actually we did a documentary with, uh, you know, with some other people on that one. And the, the actual native Indians over there understand that you cannot separate yoga, uh, the exercise from yoga, the spiritual mm-hmm. agreement. Because every pose you, you take, every word you say, you are agreeing with the devil. I don't care what you're saying you're saying. He's taking it that you are sitting, you're calling up the kundalini, you're trying to in, get in touch with this, empty your mind, whatever you're doing. All this garbage. And, you, you know, people say, oh, this has really helped me. It's brought me to peace. You know, now they're incorporating it in the schools and people don't realize that it's very deadly because you're bringing your mind into a place of emptiness where the enemy can put anything in your mind he wants. And, um, you know, that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say empty your mind. He says be filled with the Holy Spirit and um, let your mind be transformed. And some some churches, you know, are using yoga classes to kind of draw people into the church and so forth. So, I mean, you really can't. uh, There's an example where, uh, you know, paganism... uh, what did the, what did, come into the church. Well, what did and, the book of Acts use to draw people into the church? What did they use? They they preached the, preached the gospel. Yeah. Um, they had miracles. They Uh-oh. had true miracles, wow. signs and wonders. They went to where the people are were. Mm-hmm. Uh, they preached the word, and they got persecuted. Mm-hmm. And there were, like, riots uh-huh. where they went uh, yeah. because yeah. some pe- people just got mad because the mm-hmm. the pagans got mad at them. And the, and, power and the religious being people got mad at him too. The a lot of the you know, Jewish people uh, got got mad at him and so forth. So the thing is, mm-hmm. we 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 have we think we have to because we're so devoid of the power of the gospel of yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. We have to think we we have to go and and, and come up with these slick ways of reaching people. Mm-hmm. You know, attracting them in yeah. through. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, pony rides or giving away uh, uh, free, uh, you know, uh, passes to a spa or something like that. And it's like, 
I mean, I, I can't see Jesus doing it, you know, and say, yeah. hey, you want a pony ride today? And, and come on, your wife can get his free spa mm-hmm. if you just come to my Sermon on the Mount here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, because, passing out the free coupons for pizza afterwards. So, and, so yeah. we've got the real, you know, if the real deal, we don't have the real deal, so we have to use substitution. That's right. And, and because people aren't getting the real deal, they're falling for all the lies and the uh, the fake stuff that's going on. So you know, um, I don't know. Let's let. What? What did you say? Well, I was just saying, trying to communicate to you, honey, to uh, that people could call in. Oh, you yeah. think? Yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't heard from anybody. So let's do this: three four seven two one five eight zero five one. How about it? Be yeah. brave. Maybe they're all mad at us. Three four seven two one five. Eight zero five one. If you're, if you're glad, let us know. If you're mad, let us know. Hey, maybe they don't like us anymore because we're pretty. Um, yeah, let's do a commercial real quick. We'll do a commercial. All right. But why can't I concentrate, honey? Are we concentrating okay tonight? I forget why I can't concentrate. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, well, uh, where were we here? So often we find it hard to keep our thoughts focused amid the frenzied pace of our multitasking multimedia world. So many distractions. Should I empty my mind or should I fill it? And brain fog moves in again and we feel blanked out, blocked out, and scattered every which way. It's a tough way to live. Attention deficit, autism, and Alzheimer's have become epidemic in our modern society. It's an all-out war the enemy is waging for our hearts and minds. Where's the help? Where's the hope? Why Can't I Concentrate is Marjorie Cole's dynamic CD that shows just how the enemy is working to shut down our minds and, most importantly, how we can be free. To place your order for Why Can't I Concentrate, go to liferecovery.com. Again, that's liferecovery.com. Yeah, you know, why can't I concentrate? A lot of what we talk about in there is the deaf and dumb spirit. And that's responsible for a lot of the stuff we're seeing going on in the minds and hearts and responses of a lot of people these days, everything from autism to Alzheimer's. Um, The deaf and dumb spirit is what I think is plaguing. It's a power that's taking over the minds of the people. They're not even thinking for themselves. Um, They're just going along with the crowd, the guru, the it's almost like being mesmerized or stupefied or enchanted. You come into this enchanted place and you just like lose your bearings and you're, you're following the crowd and you, you, you don't even, if you're in this fog, this sleep, you don't even know that you're, you're being led into this horrible place of destruction because you're not stopping and saying, whoa, 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 what is the truth here? What, what's really genuine? And it's very scary because if you stay in that stupor all your life, you're going to, you know, be, maybe be shocked where you end up. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's why, why I think a lot of these kids, you know, in the paganism and the festivals and stuff like that, why are they pagans? Because there's, they don't see any other options. They don't want a hypocrisy. They don't want false Christianity. They don't want all these legalistic do's and don'ts that they can't keep that be that good anyway. And so there, there's zillions of questions that they have that have never been satisfied or answered. So they're just kind of like, I'll, I'll just, I, I can't do that Jesus thing, that God thing, that saved thing doesn't really work for me. So I'll just take my chances and do the best I can. I think that's really where they kind of end up. Um, let me just, I want to jump on something here too, is that 
this whole uh, paganism, New Age, uh, and it has all multitude of of, of forms. You know, we yeah. have a friend that's uh, produced wonderful DVD. Um, it's called Falling to Pieces, P-E-A-C-E-S, a wonderful uh, expose of, of a new age and paganism and, and where this is leading us. And um, uh, there, there's a part of this that it's not just a harmless uh, kind of... Uh, ignorance. I- ignorance yeah. or, or finding our own way or being real cool. Mm-hmm. But if if it's there is a there is a spirit working through all that. Yes, that's there's, what I'm talking about. That deaf and dumb that spirit. That deaf and dumb spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's also Deception. Uh, a, a a spirit of antichrist. Yeah. That uh, has has come. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Where are you it, reading, honey? It talks about in in, in Second Thessalonians, uh, chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see here. Uh, here. Here it says, for the mystery of lawlessness. Oh, wow. Verse, chapter 2, verse 7. Of, How about we start with verse 1? Well, you could you could go back. Because he's talking one. about your mind being shaken. Okay, let's, let's okay. jump back there then again. And you can just go ahead and comment, yeah. Eddie, as we go through here. Okay. Uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Again, this is from the... Uh, Amplified Bible, but relative to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and our gathering together to meet him, we beg you, brethren, not to allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed, whether it be by some pretended revelation of the Spirit or by word or by letter alleged to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already arrived and is here. Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy comes first. Okay, this one says the falling away. The falling away, and I think he's talking about the falling away from the true gospel. Yeah, that's what it says, and it goes on to say in the Amplified Bible, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. That's exactly right, and we see that. That's here. That's one of the signs of the end, that great apostasy where the churches are, you know, empty sh- uh, charades of the, the gospel. They're, the gospels they're preaching are not recognizable to Jesus Christ. I right. mean, and the man of lawlessness or sin is revealed, who is the son of doom of perdition, mm-hmm. who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and insolently against and over all that is called God or that is worshipped even to his actually taking his seat in the temple of God mm-hmm. proclaiming that he himself is God so so the, there's every every pagan uh, person say that's that's this saying we're going our own way here. Mm-hmm. We're going to seek for this. We're rejecting the authority of Scripture. We're rejecting God. We're just going to we're exploring our own way. Yeah. Not Many ways, realizing, mm-hmm. not realizing that they are feeding into mm-hmm. this cosmic consciousness, which yeah. a lot of people believe is a good thing. Yeah. So the world will be one, and we will have peace, and we will have 
love and and the environment will be saved and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So so but but all this this uh, paganism, if, if you will, it's preparing. Is, is feeding into this. It's preparing it's, for this yeah. this mm-hmm. thing that seems like it's going to be a utopian, which and actually is going to be a net a, to a draw a net them in of, of destruction. It is. And Verse five. Do you not recollect that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining him from being revealed at this time. It is so that he may be manifest or revealed in his own appointed time. Mm-hmm. For the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority. That's what it is. Paganism it, is rebellion. rebellion. It's really what it is. Just it's next rebellion. stubborn rebellion. Yep. And, and it goes all the way back to the uh, garden. Mm-hmm. Is already at work in the world, but it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. Okay, can we stop for a second? The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. New King James. But he is so, it says in the verse 8, says, and then, and then, after he's taken out of the way, after this power of the Holy Spirit, the truth, the Holy One who keeps some semblance of order and, and peace and goodness in the world is taken out of the way, then what's going to happen? Well, it says, and then the lawless one, the Antichrist, mm-hmm. will be revealed, and the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the by his appearing at his coming. Now stop a minute here. Stop for a second. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be when this happens? Where are you going to be when Jesus Christ slays the lawless one with the breath of his mouth? Will you be on God's side? Will you be hanging on the fence somewhere? Will you be shocked to death, terrified? Will you be shouting for joy? Or will you be on the enemy's side? You're going to be somewhere. Where are you going to be? Because the places to run, there are no more places to run. There are no more places to hide. There's no more planets to escape to. This is going to be it. Right here. This is where it all ends. You know, in the garden is where it all started, and this is where it's all going to end. Where are you as you're listening to me tonight? You're fine right now. Oh, yeah, you're safe in your bed, in your house, in your whatever. But where are you going to be at this moment? Because you will be somewhere. We either, even if we're dead, we will be somewhere because we don't die. And and like we read earlier, um, Marjorie, that. You know, God is saying to the people, okay, you've got all these, you're, you're saying that your father is a tree. Yeah. You're worshiping stones and sticks. Who brought you forth. Environment. Who brought you forth. Oh, my. Give it and up. And when, when things really get into crunch time, are, are those yeah. gods going to save But you? here's the deal. Where will they be? Okay, so I think a lot of our listeners are smart enough to figure it out that they didn't come from a tree or a stone. But at the same time, are, they, are we smart enough to know that we need to humble ourselves before the one true God and, and do it the way he says it? Or are we going to offer him our, just like Abel uh, and Cain. Cain offered God really nice fruit. I mean, but it was all the labor, the, fruit, the, root of the work of his hands. And he didn't get the blessing. Abel did the blood sacrifice, the lamb, as God had commanded. Now, I think a lot of us are thinking, oh, what I'm doing for God is really good. It's good enough. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm putting money in the offering. 
I'm being kind, I'm whatever, whatever, what you're doing, 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 and you just check it off, your little list, you just check it off, and then you go and live your own life without letting the Lord God really be the Lord of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and that's, that's really, it shows a lack of trust. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. And and uh, if if we're trying to live according to our own strength, we're saying, you know, I believe I know better than God. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you know, just you know, yeah. I know God is. We we don't see Him with our physical eyes, but yet we um, we just we just we are at the him. place where He said, well, I you know. You're you're too far out there. I'll just have to take things into my own hands, and that's that's really a form of idolatry. That's as a well. form of you know, suicide. Yeah, it's it really is. there's no choice. But you have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to just trust the Lord no matter what, or are you going to trust in yourself and what what you can do or what your uh, oh, gods can I do? Hope not. And he says, Going he on. says. Um, the coming of the lawless one, verse 9, again, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, Amplified Bible. The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is through the activity and working of Satan and will be attended by great power with all sorts of pretended miracles mm. and signs and delusive marvels, all of them lying wonders. Wow. Lying wonders. And by unlimited seduction to evil, with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, going to perdition, Mm -hmm. because they did not welcome the truth, but refused to love it, that they might be saved. So the rejection of truth brings you into great deception. Mm -hmm. And there, in verse 11, therefore God sends upon them a misleading influence, a working of error and strong delusion to make them believe what is false in order that they all may be judged and condemned who did not believe in, who refused to adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth, but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness. I think pleasure in unrighteousness. God has to permit this deception to come because it is is what they've chosen. It's what they've cried out for it's what they've practiced god isn't going to force people to go into heaven um as much as he knows what happens when they don't go there but so god is is sending them a strong delusion if you refuse the love of the truth god will send you a strong delusion that you believe a lie now that delusion doesn't come immediately but if you over and over and over reject the admonition the warning of the word of god and you don't even read the bible so you don't even know what the warnings are I mean, you think that you're going to get off because ignorance is bliss and you didn't know. And you can say, well, I didn't know. You know, God, I didn't know. I don't know if I'd want to rely on that as my argument, my defense in the court of heaven. But, you know, let's kind of wrap it up with, I think, a really, really kind of a perfect definition of paganism and the inception of paganism uh, in Romans chapter 1, you know, where we go back. It always goes back. There's two options. There's God. And the grace and the truth and the love and the freedom and the power of God, which doesn't always look fun. It doesn't always look like what you want, but it is life. 
And then Satan has everything that's death that he dresses up to look like life, and we bite into it hook, line, and sinker like a hungry little fish. But but Paul says in Romans chapter 1, this is where he says, um, um, he's talking about preaching the gospel, and he says he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And Paul was really always very careful to make a, a distinction between the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace, and all the other Gospels that were floating around, even already in his time. He says, For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, both to the Jew and to the Greek. Um, for in this, in it, and through this Gospel of grace, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. No, the devil's trying to make it by works and by feelings and by whatever. Is it okay, honey? I, I, let's jump to the um, Amplified. Sure. Bible here, and in this again, this is extensive. We're going through several verses here, so stay mm-hmm. with us. And can and I comment while you very, read? very carefully? Of, of course, of course, of course. Okay, all right. How, you know me. How could I deny you that <laughs> opportunity, honey? Uh, <clears throat> for verse eighteen, for God's holy wrath mm. and indignation are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative. Okay, so God's holy wrath. Everybody thinks God is always mad, and God is just a mad God, and I don't want to serve that God, and I don't want to be in his What's God mad at? He's mad at the unholiness. He's mad at the lie. He's mad at the trick of the devil taking all his people to hell. Of course, wouldn't you be mad? Yeah. Okay. So is it so bad that God's mad? No, it could be because when you when we know God is good and He yeah. wants the very best yeah. for us, He is upset with the things that when we go the wrong way because He knows that it's going to mean our destruction. Yeah. Or if somebody came and kidnapped one of your kids, wouldn't you be a little mad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Verse nineteen: For that which is known about God is evident to them and made plain in their inner consciousness. Because God himself has shown it to them. There you go. That's the record of truth is already in your spirit, man. So you know what we're, say- what we're saying to you tonight. It's already registering in your spirit. You know it's true. Yeah, you know it's true. So why are you fighting your own self? Why are you fighting the Holy Spirit in you who's telling your spirit that this is true and you need to get this, this junk cleaned out, this compromising, this unholiness, this... Um, these lies. Verse 20, for ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes, that is, his eternal power and divinity, have been made intelligible and clearly discernible and through the things that have been made, his handiworks. So men are without excuse, altogether without any defense or justification. Okay, so how is it that we don't see this? We don't see the power of God in his creation in the handiworks. I mean, we're so used to looking, you know, you drive along and you see the trees and you see the bushes and you see the ducks and you see the creatures and you see the swamps and you see... The stars, the planets. Yeah, you see it all. And, And it's just like we just think this all just plopped right down here like it all evolved. Billions of years... You know, we're so used to it that we don't even, we're not even awestruck or or amazed by it anymore. We don't, you know, you look at a leaf, look at a flower, look at the the, the bee who pollinates the flower. I mean, you just, 
we're missing it and it's because it's so why do we why why can't we see this how are we so blind are we so dis- what are we looking at tv god ipod this, god of this age has blinded our minds yeah oh yeah and, uh, there's a good answer so many for ways. You. so verse 21 because when they knew and recognized him as god they did not honor and glorify him as god or give him thanks but instead became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations. Wow, wow, wow. I like it. Hello, like evolution, for example. Stupid speculations, theories. And yeah. their senseless minds were darkened. This Purposely. is what we've got. Purposely. Stupid. Yeah. We... we Vain imaginations, they foolish reasoning, and stupid speculation. Well, it goes back to Second Thessalonians. They refused the love of the truth. So God sent them, permitted the devil to program, program them because that's what they chose. Yeah. God votes for you, the devil votes against you, and you break the tie by who you choose to listen yeah. to. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be smart, they made simpletons of themselves. Yeah. And by the glory, by the very unflattering, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the truth. Uh, this is this is this is. But the it. only way you get back to the truth is humble yourself, admit you're wrong, and that's yeah. okay. That's uh, that's grace. Is you know, uh, repentance is a gift from God. Yeah. Exactly. Softening of the changing heart. Changing your changing your mind. Be so stubborn. Waking up. Mm-hmm. Totally. By good. them, verse twenty-two, and by them the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for and represented by images mm-hmm. resembling mortal man and birds and beasts and reptiles. Now, mm-hmm. I have, we see this in the United States, and I've traveled extensively in mm-hmm. other parts of the world, and you see everywhere. temples. Oh, uh, there's places you see everywhere you look. There's a temple, and there's a, a representation uh, an idol of a bird, a beast, a, a monkey, an elephant, a rat, uh, a rat, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, uh, so foolish. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their own heart to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. Now, what what God is saying, okay. Basically, you don't want my way, you don't mm-hmm. want me, mm-hmm. then okay, go ahead. And here's what you get. Yeah. So um, so they exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Truth yeah. for lie. So Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But people don't understand how tangled they are, how incredibly enmeshed, entangled, uh, saturated they are with lies in their minds, in their hearts, in their physical bodies because of choices they've made. And they made the choices because they believe lies. And so the only one that can untangle you, deliver you, heal you, and set you free is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. But how many of us even have the energy to do that anymore? Because we're just saying it's hopeless. Well, the only one who can do that is the miraculous uh, confrontation of the Holy Spirit to you. There was an exchange of truth. You don't want the truth. I'll, I'll trade you truth for a lie. So they believe that the lie was who the truth. in the world? They believe. In their, nobody in their right mind will exchange the truth for the lie. Yeah, but they did because they believed that the lie was done. the truth. And that's what's, that's what's being done all the time. It's, you know what? Well, the fish doesn't want to get caught. 
but he believes that that bait on there on the end of that hook is his lunch. Yeah. And then he exchanges his life, you know, for a morsel of up in the frying pan. Yeah. For this reason, God gave them over, believe the lie. verse 26, mm-hmm. and abandoned them to vile affections and degrading passions. For their women exchanged their natural function for an unnatural and abnormal one. Mm-hmm. And the men also turned from natural relations with women and were set ablaze, burning out, consumed with lust for one another, men committing shameful acts with men and suffering in their own bodies and personalities, the inevitable consequences and penalty of their wrongdoing and going astray, which was their fitting retribution. Wow. So we see the whole uh, the whole uh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, identity. identity. Sexual identity. The sexual identity, it gets all messed skewed. up. Mm-hmm. It gets skewed. And all that goes back to turning our backs on God. Well, you know what? Everything, everything can turn, you know, every lie we believe, whether it's lies about power, control, sexual identity, uh, the food we eat, um, how we get meaning and purpose in life. Every lie can turn us into this place of the debased mind. And remembering that everybody that's human was made in the image of God. And God wants to preserve that image, and yet the devil wants to defile that image because we're made in the image of God. There's nothing the devil would want more than to defile mm-hmm. the image of God. And so our behavior becomes defiled, because, but, but it really goes back to what we believe. Yeah, yeah. And so the lie is what is destroying people. Yeah, and it goes on here, verse 28, and so... Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or approve of him mm-hmm. or consider him worth the knowing. Yeah. God, you're so not what did God him. ever do to us to make us yeah. so hateful All he of did him. was everything good for us. Yeah. Uh, God gave them over to a base and condemned mind to do things not proper or decent but loathsome mm-hmm. until they were filled, permeated, saturated Mm -hmm. with every kind Mm -hmm. of unrighteousness, iniquity, grasping and covetous greed and malice. They were full of envy and jealousy, murder, strife, deceit and treachery, ill will and cruel ways. They were secret backbiters and gossipers, slanderers, hateful to and hating God full of insolence, arrogance, and boasting, inventors of new forms of evil, disobedient and undutiful to parents. They were without understanding, conscienceless and faithless, heartless and loveless and merciless. Though they are all fully aware of God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve to die, they not only do them, themselves, but approve and applaud others who practice them. Now, those last few verses wow. we read, this this is really, this is the whole, mm-hmm. this is the whole of what's going on in our world yeah, today. This is look a at this. capsule look at... summary yeah. of everything that's going on in our, uh, Verse 30, our news media. 32 says, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, in other words, they're not ignorant, they still know and they still are trying to lead other people astray deliberately because they know the righteous. They know what is right. They, they, 
that's still in their heart, even though the enemies persuaded them that they're an exception to the rule, that somehow God won't judge them. They have a right to have their own life, which you do. But, you know, God is, is not against your life, and he isn't there to control your life, to destroy your life. He's there to bring you into the fullness of everything that you really have been created to do. And, but the concept of God has been so maliciously attacked. And, um, you know, through law, legalism, people don't understand that God himself suffers watching all this happen. Yeah. He's not, um, he doesn't enjoy punishing. He doesn't enjoy uh, seeing us be lost. He, he can't possibly. Well, in, in uh, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. Mm-hmm but that all should come to repentance. And he, has, he does not delight in the destruction of those who have rejected him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we could see God for who he really is, a good, holy, Father. merciful, Father. and loving God, and Jesus revealed him as Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father not in the sense of an evil, harsh, overbearing father but a loving good heavenly father mm-hmm. that has created us in his likeness and in his image but he has been so lied about he, he's been maligned mm-hmm. and misrepresented uh, by those that are supposed to be his friends yeah. for the most part well, throughout the centuries yeah so really uh honey what what can we say to, to someone here that they're they're in this. Um... Well, I'd say stop believing what everybody's telling you. Go check it out for yourself. And you know, if you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, which is basically a, a, a first premise that God wrote this book through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and that it is an accurate book, and it is it's God's prescription, God's roadmap, God's you know definitions. It's the word of God. It's life. Um, Begin to eat the book, begin to read the book, um, and find out for yourself. And be willing to let go of things that aren't working. Be willing to let go of your own shame and guilt and self-righteousness and trying harder and, you know, your opinions. Just get over it. And I know that we've been pretty, you know, adamant tonight, pretty straightforward. And But I think the reason is is because, we're like Paul says, I beseech you, break. I beg you, I beg you, do not be lost in all this. There's, your eternal destiny is at stake here. Your soul, this is nothing, this isn't a chit-chatty kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, we can rejoice in God, and I'm, I'm cool, I'm happy, I'm good, I know where I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm at peace, I have rest, I have the goodness of God, I have God to talk to when I don't understand things, I got His Holy Spirit living in me, I'm cool. You know, and I'm not saying I'm cool because I'm cool. I'm cool because he is cool and he's made me know rest and peace. But I know a lot of people out there are struggling to get to that place of rest and peace. But you know what? Jesus says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Right now you're free, but you don't know that because you're looking at all the stuff that you're looking at, all the stuff that's going wrong, all the stuff you're mad at, all the stuff you don't understand and you're trying to make it all make sense so that you can trust God. Well, the Bible says, trust him. You know, he says all things work together for good to those who love God. So obviously some things don't always look good, and we have to trust him for those things. And then we can um, know that he's good. Paul said, you know, you know, um, all things work together for good. So, 
And in the the main uh, purpose of life is is to uh, basically, you know, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm-hmm. and your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus said that's the whole law, mm-hmm. the commandments, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you think of in our world today all the regulations and laws and ordinances that get have to get uh, multiplied year by year through national, state, local legislation. And all of it is really, if we were to really just love God, mm-hmm. love one another, you know, as ourselves and love ourselves. Golden not, rule, right? Love ourselves mm-hmm. not in a sense of of uh, self-love where we just worship ourselves and we're all it and a bag of chips, that sort of thing. But where we just... Uh, rest in God. We just rest in God. In, in that that mm-hmm. connection. And just to make sure that you have that right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... That's pretty simple, actually. He so loved you mm-hmm. and so loved this world that he, God, gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to perish because it's right. like God has come here on a rescue mission yeah. for you, to rescue you, to bring you into his life and into this abundance that he has for you. And maybe you haven't seen it um, through your church, or you haven't seen it in your life um, at, at this point. Maybe you've just seen mostly representation, misrepresentations of, of Jesus. And a lot of us have, that's what we've seen, that's what we've known. But there is a, there is a the real, real mm-hmm. relationship with Jesus Christ that you can have and there is revelation of truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scriptures uh, have been purpose. given to yeah. us by the mm-hmm. inspiration of God. Mm-hmm. Therefore, our, uh, they're, they're to equip us, to help us, to um, uh, all scriptures uh, given by uh, inspiration of God. In other words, uh, 2 uh, Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it was literally God-breathed. It was God-inspiring, breathing through the human writers. That really were human writers, but they were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it all, all the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, all fits together, blends together. Actually, you know, you have over 40 writers writing over 1,600 years about God, and it all blends together perfectly, yeah, which is yeah, really yeah. amazing. Yeah. And all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, that's for teaching, for reproof, for correction. If we're going wrong, God wants to correct us. A loving Father will correct His children. He wants them to go the right way for instruction in righteousness that the man of God or the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So yeah, I would say if you, you know, make sure that you're knowing Jesus Christ. You've come to know him as your Savior and Lord, and he can become the greatest reality in your life. And then, and then think of his word as his um, love letters to you. 
And as you, by, through the help of the Holy Spirit, he will open up the scripture to you and you will see the truth and you will see the beauty and the power and the wonder of God. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe even, you know, uh, the book of John is a good place to start if you haven't started. Uh, or the book of Mark is an action-packed book about the, the wonderful things that Jesus did or is doing his earthly ministry. And uh, the book of Acts talks about, you know, what the, in the first, after the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension at the right hand of the Father, he sent out his people with power and with, with preaching mm-hmm. the gospel, with the, with the love of God, preaching the gospel and the miracles and demons were cast out, people set free. Uh, and there, there's adventure in the Lord that is just absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's not just a matter of, sure, there's times where uh, there, there are um, difficult um, difficulties and, and challenges that we face and yeah. uh, disappointments at times, frustrations at times, but God is faithful. Yeah. And he's going to keep you, and, and you're going to have a life of, uh, when you trust him and determine you're going to walk with him, there's going to be a life of adventure, and you don't have to go into some, some pagan um, ritual. Tunnel. Or, or some uh, to find the truth. scuttlebutt that gets you yeah. way off track. Yeah. And you can just follow the word and the power of, of, of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and the beauty of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you will have that fulfillment, the fulfillment that uh, God has meant us to have. Yeah, Romans uh, 10, 9 and 10 says, and ten thirteen says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and you believe he rose from the dead and you believe you see that the right hand of the Father is coming back again and you make that confession out of your heart with your mouth, the Bible says you're saved. That doesn't mean you have to have a perfect understanding of everything and how it worked. It just means you believe. And from that point, then the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you how it worked and what it means. So Let's pray and kind of end up with... Uh, so let me just say this, too, that if, if we can be of any help to you, a resource to you, um, you know, uh, Life Recovery, uh, True Light Church, we're here to... Yeah, what's your website? TrueLightChurchMN.org. Yeah, and LifeRecovery.com. And LifeRecovery.com. Yep. So let us know how mm-hmm. we can... We're here, we're here to, to be of help to you however however we can yeah. so all uh, right well let's pray father we thank you for this people that have listened and are listening and lord god for your comfort the comfort the power of your holy spirit that you are not defeated in midst in the midst of all this heathenism and paganism and lies and deception and delusion and antichrist you are the one true god we declare you to, to be not only the one true god but faithful and good all the time, even though we don't always understand it. So each one who's listening, I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you'd yes, encourage Lord. them. I pray that the revelation of your Holy Spirit would fill them up with strength, endurance, and yes, as you cause your work to be done in them. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Hey, that was good. Hey, do we know what we're talking about next week? Um. What are we talking about next week? You better come up with something. Maybe we'll it should be one of those secrets. You have to t- tune in. Um, well, tune in next week. 
Yeah, we'll tell you ahead of time. If you check your Facebook, we'll, we'll know by Monday for sure. Check Facebook. Check life recovery. We'll probably have so much to talk about after we get done with the festival that we'll probably spend a whole bunch more. I, as a matter of fact, I'd like to get a friend of ours on here. She's really good with some uh, new age paganism, stuff like that. So we'll see if we can get we that to happen. Oh, we all have paganism part two. <laughs> all right, be. guys. Have a good night. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.